This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Want to encourage diversity for your planet and your palate? You can branch out beyond bleak retail chain inventories and support local farmers who are growing something different by downloading the Specialty Produce app and exploring our global in-app share market where you can discover unique items or specialty marketplaces near you. Stay hungry, friends. Download today on Apple or Android and start exploring. G'day, folks. This is your friend Dennis Connor coming to you live from the broadcast booth of the Specialty Produce Network. We have a few things to talk about in different areas. The most exciting being the Star Sailors League that just concluded uh, this weekend in Nassau at the Nassau Yacht Club. And there were 23 of the best teams in the world. They were all there. Robert Schleit was a little busy trying to win his uh, medal in the laser and uh, Torben Grail couldn't make it either because of his commitment with the Brazilian Olympic team. But everybody else was there. There were four great American teams with, uh, led by Paul Kayard and uh, uh, George Zabel, and Eric Doyle. Uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful uh, racing conditions, a little bit of wind in the beginning and then lighter at the end. And what was uh, really great was that the finals, uh, coming down to the final race, after the knockout series, there were four boats in the finals, uh, the French, the Norwegians, the British. Uh, and the racing was so incredibly close at the end. The, uh, the uh, French team coming with a little puff at the end, Xavier Rohar, had looked to be uh, crossing the line uh, first to us. But uh, as they were walking and uh, ooching down to the finish, it went from seven meters, six meters, five meters, four meters, one meter. And when you see the footage here of them crossing, look at them rocking. Look at this crew, how active they are. Uh, rocking, ooching, pumping, not allowed under the normal rules. But the Star Sailors League has an exemption from world sailing to uh, be able to uh, rock and ooch and pump even in the slide air. Uh, there, there's only two other ex- uh, exceptions to these rules. And here, here, here they and that's the Volvo and the America's Cup. But here they're coming uh, downwind to the finish line, $200,000 on the line here. So you got the Norwegians there on the screen left. You got the uh, Rohar in the, in the middle uh, uh, coming. Uh, it was, we were right on the line, but we couldn't really tell who was going to win. It was so close. One meter is showing, showing right now. You can see the difference on the virtual uh, eye. But here, here they are in live, coming down to the end. Rohart forcing the Norwegians to jive because he's on starboard. They're on port. So he, while they're jiving, he caught up and was able to go a little deeper. And the, uh, the British, Ian Percy on the left, coming, coming, coming in boat two. Here comes Xavier, Xavier coming. And, the, you know, we're talking pretty good money here, uh, couple hundred thousand dollars you decide you tell me who wins this race crossing the finish line on the left and the right and they're all looking around who won who won 
Xavier, he thought he thought he won. He pulls out the French flag, but as it turns out, it was Ian Percy on the left, the favorite end of the line that uh, won the money. So they're all uh, very excited, and certainly the spectators uh, just were going crazy. So uh, just couldn't be better. The racing just couldn't be better and more exciting. So it'll happen again next year. And then the Star Sailors League will be moving into their new 45-foot boats to race in in Luzon and Geneva, Genoa. And uh, we're going to have a whole new uh, set of racing. 49 teams have entered. uh, Paul Kerr will be heading up the U.S. team. And it's going to be a big event in 2021. So that's it from uh, NASA. Very, very exciting and a good series to watch. And you, you can find this on uh, YouTube or Facebook if you want to watch the uh, entire series, including the the uh, awards presentation. But uh, this is where, this is you know, not uh, good English, but this is where it's at. If you're into world sailing, the best sailors in the world here are competing in the Star Sailors League. So there they are with their medals. Very happy folks and taking home a good amount of cash as well. It's like uh, $200,000, a lot of money. So that's it from the Star Sailors League. So uh, the next uh, thing that uh, was uh, important is the uh, Billy Trinkle, my good friend and loyal uh, crewman and uh, running Dennis Connor Sports, was inducted into the America's Cup Hall of Fame in uh, uh, Flensburg, Germany, at the Roby and Birking Yachting Center, which uh, Bill tells me was just amazing. They have 12 wooden, old, tw- 12 wooden, uh, 12 meters there, and a collection of uh, other uh, interesting yachts, including a one-quarter scale of the uh, Ranger, the America's Cup uh, J-boat that raced. So you imagine, you know, 135 feet into four, so you've got... Uh, 30-foot full-scale model of a J-boat there at their museum. And, of course, Billy, a very creative guy, said, well, why don't you take your models that are now in New Zealand for the America's Cup, your full-scale models, and uh, send them to the uh, museum there in in Germany, which not a bad idea, Billy. Uh, We'll have to to think about that. Anyway, congratulations to Bill Trinkle. Long, long overdue being inducted into the uh, America's Cup. Cup Hall of Fame, and uh, well done, Bill. The uh, next uh, interesting thing while we're talking about the America's Cup is the uh, teams are going into their winterizing mode. You have the um, uh, U.S. boat, the Defiant, uh, going down to Florida to train in Pensacola Bay. They were really uh, treated well there. They really enjoyed it. They thought the conditions were diverse enough to uh, get used to what they might see in uh, Auckland. And then you have the British... And the Italian team's uh, going to train at the uh, Calgary uh, Olympics, uh, the next site uh, for the America's Cup uh, event. And uh, so they'll be down there, get a head start on knowing the wins at the first uh, AC event where they'll uh, be out there um, on the line. So a lot of focus on the different shapes now. The boats have been all revealed, and there's quite a diversity in the hull shape. In thinking about this beforehand, I never really realized how important the hull might be because I thought, well, wh- why does it make any difference if the hull's never going to be touching the water? 
if the New Zealand uh, folks decide not to race in conditions that uh, the boats can't fly in, I'm hearing six, seven, eight knots of wind before the foils can lift the hull out of the water. If they uh, race in lighter wind, I thought, well, maybe the hull will matter, but I don't think they'll do that. I think the conditions will be raced in uh, uh, such that there's always a bit of wind in Auckland, that they'll all be flying, flying the main hull. And I thought, well, why would the hull make such a big difference? Well, obviously, it's the windage and the lifting of the hull itself to help the help the foils lift the boat up out of the water. But when you see these uh, few images here, it's incredibly the amount of difference. And uh, in this morning's uh, scuttlebutt, for those of you that have a chance to look at that, you'll see that the, the, the different foils on display as well. So the foils themselves are, are really radically different and, and uh, will uh, have a big effect on the speed. Of course, they're all controlled electronically with a computer and a little 20-horsepower uh, electric motor will supply the energy, the hydraulic uh, necessary to make them all function. But just, to me, incredible amount of engineering and computer science going into uh, these these boats. So we'll see in, uh, next March or April in, in Calgary what the differences might be. But bear in mind, these are not the final boats. They get to launch another boat. They get to have two boats. So the, the four contestants will have another boat after they see, have a chance to suss out the performance of their competition. The Stars and Stripes uh, campaign is still technically uh, a challenger, but we understand they haven't really ordered their uh, foils yet, and I just, I just can't see them uh, getting to the starting line uh, with any type of successful effort at this point unless they step up and get an amazing effort to get their boat bill and show show up in Calgary, Italy, for the first series. So after that series, everybody will kind of get an idea who's fat, fast or not, and they'll be able to tweak their boats getting ready for the America's Cup uh, finals and, and final uh, events Christmas time of a year from now in Auckland. So that's is starting to heat up. If you like technology, if you uh, like flying and windage, this will be for you. Because, you know, if these boats are going upwind at 40, 50 knots, you add the apparent wind on there, it's like sticking your hand out the window 70 miles an hour in your car. So you'll see a big focus on the, the helmets, like the bicycle racers, keeping the windage down and uh, all the, uh, the bad effects that come with windage. And, and also the, the uh, it will be, I think, interesting to see the shape of the hulls themselves. And are the, are the hulls help, helping to lift the boat out of the water and how all that will work? I'm fascinated by it. But where this is going to lead to, who knows? I mean, really don't even need anybody on the boat. So you don't need uh, any folks to pull the sails in with the hydraulics. It's, and uh, we're, the computer is telling the helmsman where to go. And uh, the uh, also the amount of foil shape, it, it could all be done electronically. We're not that far from radio-controlled boats out there racing in the America's Cup. So who knows where it will be. And 25 years ago, we never dreamed of this type of technology. So we'll have to uh, wait and see. What else? Well, I'm pleased to tell you that the Menace was uh, first in the Hot Rum series here in San Diego. 
It could have gone a lot differently for them, but the last race where they had a three-point lead on some of the good boats like uh, Staghound, Stark Raving Mad, the uh, conditions warranted the bigger boats would do well in this race. But fortunately for the Menace, the uh, race was canceled and she was in the lead, so she ended up winning the series, which made all the all my uh, friends on the Menace uh, happy to say they won the series without me while I was in uh, Nassau. So good on you guys and uh, nice job in the hot rum. What else is going on? Well, of course, the big race for the most of the world that we'll be watching is the, the, the uh, Sydney Hobart race. It starts here on Christmas Day. Gosh, we're you know only, uh, what, 10 days away. So uh, the eyes will be on the big boats, of course, the battle for first to finish, going down to Hobart. And uh, I'm not sure of the status of the wild oats, but Gary Wiseman told me that they broke their mast about three, four weeks ago. And I, I just wonder what kind of Herculean effort it will be to get that special carbon necessary to build the mast for a 100-foot boat and uh, have it all done uh, in time to get in the boat and tuned up for the race. So be interesting to see if Wild Oaks makes the start. Maybe they need Johnny Smallin to get down there and give them a little boost on putting that mast back together. So the Sydney Hobart race will uh, be on in uh, just in no time. So we'll have to uh, see how, how that uh, prevails. But that's probably the biggest race of the year as far as uh, notoriety and people's interest. So that's it for Today's uh, Christmas broadcast uh, brought to you again by Specialty Pro News Network. And I want to wish you all a wonderful uh, holiday. And uh, we'll come back to you with there's um, some reason for additional news after the first of the year. So goodbye for now. Goodbye from Roger uh, Harrington and the rest of the team here at Specialty Produce. Thank you. Mm-hmm.